0: Hello everyone. Welcome to part one of a two-part podcast series by PwC Middle East on BEPS 2.0 Pillar 1. This podcast provides some insights on Pillar 1's implications for Middle East businesses. Part 2 provides high-level details on the technical and design features of Pillar 1. Today we have with us Safa Union, a transferprising partner with PwC who also leads the trans practice for PwC across the Middle East. Thank you Safa for joining us.
1: Thank you Parvati, I'm very pleased to be here.
0: Let's dive right into it. So Safa, can you please share a high-level background on OECD's BEPS 2.0 initiative
1: The base erosion and profit-shifting project of the OECD started back in February 2013. Uh, BEPS is aimed essentially at curbing any tax and or business strategies that exploit gaps in tax rules to shift profits to low or no tax locations and thus uh, erode tax bases. The 15 action plans in the OECD's BEPS package dealt with various measures to tackle profit-shifting and tax avoidance. After BEPS 1.0, the OECD and G20 inclusive framework, which most of the GCC countries are members of, continued their efforts on the tax challenges arising from digitalization, which is referred to as BEPS 2.0.
0: So given that the OECD guidelines are still in blueprint and many countries need to uniformly agree to a structural change in the international tax system, How likely are these changes to be enforced in the Middle East?
1: Well, uh, fiscal balance and revenue diversification are high on Middle East government's priorities, with, uh, of course, tax policy increasingly being under the spotlight. The Middle East region's marked success from VAT collections uh, may also encourage Middle East tax authorities to consider the implementation of BEPS 2.0. Also, uh, if a global consensus on Pillar 2 is reached, countries that do not adopt Pillar 2 will essentially be foregoing significant tax revenues. It is uh, worth mentioning that historically Middle East countries have been under pressure to respond to global tax initiatives and measures uh, such as the EU non-cooperative list. It is also important to note that jurisdictions such as Oman, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Qatar, Egypt, Jordan and Bahrain are members of the inclusive framework. And it can be fairly expected that there will be peer pressure on inclusive framework countries to implement the global tax measures. We've already seen that uh, Middle East countries that are members of the inclusive framework have committed to and in fact implemented existing BEPS measures such as the BEPS uh, 4 minimum standards. All of this makes it very compelling to believe that the Middle East countries are likely to react favorably to the BEPS 2.0 initiative.
0: What do you think would be the most immediate concerns for the Middle East businesses due to Pillar 1?
1: That's a very good question, Parvati. Uh, I think through the application of Amount A, profits could be reallocated to jurisdictions with higher tax rates. So for multinational enterprises in the UAE and or Bahrain, where there is no federal tax framework in place, if profits move out of the UAE and or Bahrain or other low or no tax jurisdictions, this will likely result in a higher effective tax rate for the group. And this is due to the application of Amount A. It will also be good to see how the impacts of Pillar 1 would differ for Middle East headquartered multinational enterprises versus non-Middle East headquartered multinational enterprises that are undertaking business in the Middle East. Since amount B would be applicable In case distributors engaged in routine marketing and distribution activities, additional amounts could get taxed under Amount B in jurisdictions where related party distributors uh, in fact operate and are not earning a fixed return under the arms length principle uh, in relation to their distribution activities. The scope for Pillar 1 under Amount A is obviously more restrictive considering the applicable revenue threshold as well as the industry scope. Uh, For example, we know that it excludes extractive industries, as well as regulated financial services. As such, even if the companies in the region fall out of scope for amount A, it is highly recommended to perform an impact assessment for Pillar 1 under amount B, as they may uh, fall under the scope of the amount B in case they do engage in routine marketing and distribution activities. Uh, Last but not least, uh, Middle East businesses that are in scope but do not meet the 20 billion revenue threshold in 2023 would still need to closely monitor the development in Pillar 1 And prepare for potential application of pillar one in case their revenues meet the reduced threshold that would potentially apply from 2030 onwards as it is expected that the revenue threshold would likely be decreased to 10 billion from 2030 onwards
0: so if pillar one is enforced in the middle east what would be the timeline for these changes
1: Timing is obviously a very critical consideration. Uh, Pillar 1 is expected to come into effect in 2023. Multilateral instruments for amount A purposes is expected to be developed and open for signature in 2022. And uh, legislation for amount B is also expected in 2022.
0: So Safa, lastly, let's talk about some steps the multinational enterprises in the region can take to get ready for these proposed changes.
1: Yeah, so actually various multinational enterprises in the region have already taken uh, some proactive steps. Uh, Those steps uh, would or could consist of um, performing impact assessments to help determine how revenues would be reallocated to local jurisdictions and uh, as well as the impacts on the effective tax rates of the group. Uh, It would also be an ideal time to determine the best operating structures and any changes um, to the value chain that is currently in place. Um, finally, it would also be necessary to consider the need for increasing in-house tax function to tackle a potential increased tax compliance burden due to the implementation of pillar one.
0: Thank you so much, Safa, for sharing your insights. This was very, very helpful.
1: Thank you, Parvati.
0: So with all the updates and complexity around WebS 2.0, PwC's BEPS team is available to discuss any of the listeners' questions. Please also tune in to part two of the podcast that provides high-level details on the technical and design features of Pillar 1. Thank you so much for listening.